0: And laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor
1: Well, thank you, and welcome to the show Oh, and a special hello to a listener who sent me a lovely Valentine's Day card This is the first chance I've had a chance to say Thank you to Lynn Ramsey, who said in her note that she loves hearing these old radio shows because, quote, these radio shows were our family time during the 50s. It's great listening to them again, unquote. Thanks for that nice card, Lynn. And I hope you enjoy what we have to offer tonight. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall in the show Bold Venture.
2: entry, The Catch Scarlet Queen, Philip Carney Master. Position, 4 degrees 12 minutes south, 171 degrees 35 minutes west. Wind light, sky fair. Remarks, left Hull Island Phoenix Group after involvement in tribal beliefs. Reason for involvement, Red Beard and the Bag of Pearls. was a brilliant sun-washed afternoon that the puff of cumulus on the horizon ahead slowly raised to show beneath it an indistinct smudge. It darkened as we moved toward it, took on a definite palm-tufted outline, and finally materialized as the four-mile length of Hull Island. Its flat silhouette is broken at its western end by a grove of 80-foot palms, and it's set against a backdrop of water and sky and never-ending summer. Gallagher approached me at the wheel as we stood in toward our passage. He was resplendent in a newly grown, burning red beard that shone in the sunlight. Hey, Barbarossa, uh, if you can make yourself heard through that eight-bell shadow, douse the sails. We'll go in under power. Aye, aye, sir, and your jealousy does not throw me.
3: <laughs> Stand by to take it and pull sail. sail. All two will find my beard. <laughs> You'll be turning back right for <laughs>
2: We slipped through the passage into the quiet lagoon water and headed toward the small pier that served the Copra station of Harris Fenrick, the man who was to receive the cargo of supplies we had aboard. The Scarlet Queen had company in the unkempt schooner Ransom from Honolulu that was anchored just off the pier. We dropped our hook next to her, and in the quiet after we were secure, I heard for the first time the muffled throb of drums from the island. Then I noticed that the man who walked down the pier toward us carried a rifle. I'm glad you finally got here, Captain Carney. Are you Fenwick? No. He's up in the cottage. I'm Rayleigh Brado, captain of the schooner. What are the drums? The natives are stored up. Better leave your crew aboard, Captain. But we need you ashore. We think they will attack tonight. So Mutual continues The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen, written by Gil Dowd and Bob Tallman, and starring Elliot Lewis. The Scarlet Queen, proudest ship to sail the seas, bound for uncharted adventure. Every week a complete entry in the log, and every week a league further in The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. my mate, Mr. Gallagher, Captain Labrador. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Quite a beard you got, Redhead. Yeah, it's not bad for a scar. What's the story, Captain? What's bothering the natives? First I, uh, I think you better give me your gun. You what? What kind of a move is that? I think it's better I took over command here. Fenwick he isn't worth anything. I think it's better if I have all the guns so nobody don't do any shooting until I want them. To. Well, how do you like that? You got the wrong men, Labrato. We'll sweat this out on the ship on the other side of the reef. Come on, Ray. Yeah. Wait a minute. Use your heads. I need you on this island. You stay here. Where else? The we go, Hold it, Ray. What's up, Ray? These guys think I'm kidding. Take their guns. What is this? Hold it, Ray. Don't try nothing now, either one of you. You're Lebron. You don't have to be tough. Just so it's my way. Is that rifle, what else? Yeah, sir. yeah, I guess that does it, Ray. Yeah. Let's be friends now, huh? This is my mate Morel. We got a thing to do here. Let's pull together, huh? Yeah, I'm not kicking. I like to be shoved around like this. Yes. You make friends fast, you guys. Maybe you... this don't mean a thing, but I got to know you're all right when I talk to you. Come on. We go up to the cottage. <laughs> There were two more men in the main room of the cottage we entered. One who ignored us as we came in wore seaman's clothes at a belted automatic. The other, sitting stiffly in a wicker chair, I took for Harris Fenrick. A slight graying man with a purplish bruise covering the left side of his face from temple to chin. And a look for labrador that mixed fear and hate. Sit down. This is Thorpe from my crew. And he's (laughs) Fenrick. He don't talk much. With that face, he doesn't have to. I'll talk when it's the time. For... Shut up! You go. what's coming to him. I came in here without food stores of fuel for my auxiliary. This guy turned me down when I want to buy from him. These Phoenix Islanders haven't been at war for 50 years. What's got him riled up? <laughs> These. Pearl. The pearls? That's right, plenty of them. They'll go $40,000 on skin. I won't fight you for them. Give me a match. Light your own. Burrell. Yeah. <laughs> Match. Yeah, boy. Now, let's get one thing settled between you and me and curly locks with the fire whiskers Gosh, there. Oh, blow that smoke in my face, you Guys dumb. like mm. us, don't come down to these islands for the worthy. You're carrying cargo for money, I'm pearling for money. We uh, see eye to eye on that now, hmm? Yeah, I think I can figure that one out. I got these pearls just like every other pearler in the business. I anchor over the bed... I got them in the Gilberts on a shelf between Beru and Nicolau. It's simple enough, huh? I don't care where you got them. What are you driving at? That bed. The Gilbertese think nobody should dive there. It's sacred. They bury their warriors there for, I don't know, maybe four or five hundred years. Maybe more. I don't know. You mean these are Gilbertsies out here with the drum? They follow you all the way over here? That's right. More of them come every day. The market wants these pearls. I should throw them back just because these kanakas get some crazy ideas. When you break a taboo, you're asking for trouble. You asked for it, now you got it. That's all right. I got the pearls, too. <laughs> I'll fix these boys. They bought me last night when I was there. Take off my native crew. Cut my sails and then my running rigging. Throw the lines in blocks over the side. It's going don't sail for a long time. I come all the way here two days ago on my engine. And this Fenrick Won't help me get repaired so I can get out of here. Because I'd ruin everything I built here if I did. My workers are Gilbertese, too. He wanted to force them on the Shut up, Henrik. You ain't talking, remember? Now, Carney, you got any extra gear and canvas I could buy from you? No. None that I can spare.
3: Hmm.
2: Too bad you say that. I hope you like shooting, can I? I don't. Especially when it's your kind of fight. You'll get plenty of chance. As far as they're concerned, you're fighting on my side, no matter what you do. They saw you come in. They got it all figured out how you came to help me get away. This is your fight, too, now. You'll find out what I mean. It didn't take long to find out. The sun dropped into the west, and soon after half its circle had sunk into the horizon, Labrado's crewman, Burrell, standing at the window... Hey, ...called out the warning. They're moving out there. Coming this way. A whole gang of them. All right. Peg, we go meet them outside. Bring a rifle, Thorpe. Burrell, you watch Redbeard. Okay. Labrado's automatic pushed Fenrick and me out the door and off the veranda. There must have been a hundred or more trickling us through the neat rows of ponds. we were wearing full tribal gear and paint... Carrying war clubs and short spears, there wasn't a long-range weapon in the crowd. They stopped at the edge of the grove. The tall, erect native stepped to the front and raised his hands to us. His headdress was a little higher, his paint a little gaudier, and he was weaponless.
4: What? Do I
2: know why. What do he say, Henrik? The truth, I want. He says that he has seen the spirit woman. And he comes in peace. He's a liar. What was that? He says the spirit omen will protect him. He will walk into our house with the spirit omen at his side. He will return a victor to his island Beju, where the spirit omen once lived.
4: He's coming, Lebrado.
2: Let him Come. Give him five steps more, and then show them we in business. Hey, wait a minute! No. Go ahead, Thorpe. Uh, don't let him shoot. Go ahead, Thorpe. Get that native. You stupid You lunkheads! You, you, you shot the chief! Oh, watch it. Here comes another. You crazy fool He's just going to pick out the chief. They're going away. What more do you want? Yeah. Well, Carney, how do you like the way we fight now? It's great. You and these smoke-crazy hands of yours have you got real guts. That was a tough assignment, that native who didn't even have a slingshot. Come on, we go inside and talk. Or else you and Thorpe so bring Locks in. We'll bring him. Come on, Connie, move ahead. You too, Fenric, inside. Take that chair there, Connie. Don't bother being nice. I like a better the other way. What's the matter, Connie? We're in this together, huh? Together? Sure. It's going to be tough from now on since uh, we killed that chief. They waste a few kanakas and use up our ammunition. They wait long enough, they starve us out. The lazy monkeys, they got plenty of time. I think we better get off of this island, don't you? We... Oh, yeah, you mean you and Burrell and Thorpe. We all go together on my ship, huh? Sure. You say you don't have any spare gear or canvas. Anyway, I don't think we got time now to make repairs on my ship. I'll pay our passage to Borneo and you don't lose Why anything. Why don't you stop? I'd kick myself from here to Sydney before i get sucked into a deal like that. I'd out not as a galley slave to that dead chief's survivors before I'd help you get out of here on my ship. All right, Connie, you keep begging. What you? I'm going to catch you without that automatic before this is over. All right, Brad. I'd rather be slugged than talked to by this louse. Maybe you'll get both, Connie. You and, you and me, too. I gave you a chance. I'm still trying to make sense with you. Hey, Lebrado. Yeah, what have you got? It's getting dark out there. But it looks like the grove out in front's crawling with Kanakas. Stop, you go stand guard at the door, I'll watch these guys. Move over there, Frederick. You too, Carny. Over by your mate. Here's them, all right. Lebrado, they're coming out of the grove. Then open up, fools! If you get targets, fire. Slow them up. When they get too close, we leap from the back window. Any of them back there, we can shoot our way through. We leave these three here for them. I'm too close, LeBron. They won't stop. Keep firing. That's no use. come on. Let's not wait any longer. When we go out to North Rim, they can have these three in payments for their chief. After they'd gone through the window, we just had time to get to our feet before the flood of natives rolled into the cottage. back to the wall, but the swarm of brown bodies smothered us like soldier ants covering the carcass of a mouse. I was pulled from the wall and lost Gallagher and Fenric. Then I was looking into a brown, vermilion-dabbed face. I caught the flash of a polished war club over my head and saw the lips in front of me pull away from a set of blackened teeth. And then I seemed to explode up with the meat of the descending club. first thing that came back to me was the difference in sound. It was raining. I got my eyes open. The room swam into focus. I stumbled to my feet. One chair had been knocked over. Beyond it, on the floor lay Harris Fenrick. When I looked around, I couldn't find Red. He was gone. Red? Wait a minute. I'll get some water. Uh, all right. Come on, Fenric. Come okay, on. Connie, you're all right. Yeah, come on, Fenric. Get yourself together. My head, Captain. Yeah, I know it's bad. I'm doing the best I can. Fenric, listen. Gallagher is gone. Gallagher. The natives took him. They took him. Do you understand me? Yes, Captain. Are you sure they took him? What else? They caught us here now he's gone. Couldn't have been Labrado or the others. You mean they took him to pay for their chief? That is their custom, Captain Kearney. The spirit of one of the enemy who dies while looking at the dead chief will be the slave of the Gilbertese spirit in their hero. Never mind all that. How much time have I got? A few hours, perhaps. Where are they? Captain, I know the hopelessness of anything you would attempt. You yourself would be killed. I'm afraid I must refuse to answer any more of your questions. Where are they? I'm sorry, Captain. But you sent me to my death? But I'll make them understand that he's the wrong man. You couldn't. Any man from the enemy village. We're all enemies since Labrador was among us. Come on, Fenric, before I shake it out of you, where would they take him? I'm sorry, What's Captain. Whatever you, Carney. Use your head. Labrador, after all this, you come back to do more. Sure. Sure, I come back. Why not? With the same 45 in case Carney gets too brave. Have it ready, Labrador. When you need it, you're going to need it in a hurry. It is ready. Why don't you wake up, Carney? Your mate is gone with the Kanakas. What can you do? Use your head. Go with me to your ship now so we can get off this island. Drop it. I pay your passage in advance. You're just making me sick. Drop it. Get sore. Pull the trigger. Do something, but quit trying to sell me that deal. All right. You stay on the island, then. If you, it would be easy. But you think we can't leave on your ship without you? We handled crews like that before. We'll make it all right. You might have that for a few days. It's a good try, Connie. I promise you that. Now that you give me your ship, I tell you where the Kanaka stake is mate. made. Lebrado, why don't you just shoot him? You know what you're doing to him by telling him. Sure I know. <laughs> I fix it so the captain can bend over three sharp bamboo stakes, Two for the belly and one for the heart. While a big Kanaka, he pushes him down from behind. Lebrado... Go through the grove, Carney. South of there, you'll find a scrub forest. After you go two or three hundred yards, you look low underneath. Maybe see their fire. Maybe you get there in time to see how the three stakes look in your mate. You're happy now? Yeah, and I don't want to spoil it by forgetting you got that gun. Get out of here, Labrado. I can't stay away from you. Get out of here, Labrado. Sure, Carney. It don't make me sad to get out of here. Captain Kearney. It's All right, Fenwick. But your ship. Why not go with him and try to save at least that? He's ruined what I've built, and now for a hopeless search, you let him put an end to what you have. That's enough, Fenric. Maybe you're right. Maybe I should have gone. I couldn't. Not yet. I followed the beach. Up to 200 yards, then started dropping to the ground every 10 feet or so to look under the heavy foliage for a flicker of flame. I covered half of the next hundred, I squatted low for a few minutes, my soaked clothes sticking coolly to my body. The movement of a figure on the beach ahead caught my eye, all my attention focused on it. Not for long, but long enough to dull me to the movement behind me. With a short rush, I half turned to meet one of them. The other one stayed behind me, and a loop settled around my throat and I... tightened. I struggled until I was blinded by the flashes in my eyes. The noose relaxed as soon as I stopped. A hand in my back pushed me in the direction the native behind me wanted me to go. I stumbled ahead along an unseen passage through the scrub. I entered the uneven circle of light spreading from a number of fires fighting against the rain. I looked up at a wall of stony, silent faces. Then my natives pulled me to a halt. I made myself look at the ground forced my eyes to stay on a triangle of stiletto-sharp stakes that gleamed wetly in the firelight. Yeah, My eyes go left! My guard took my shoulder. The noose slipped off, then he turned me away from the stake, pushed me forward toward the wall of natives. An aisle split the crowd. I was guided through it. I made the first six feet on the other side, then I stopped. Fire on this side was bigger, flames leaping cheerfully, higher than my head, forming a curtain that I could see vaguely through. Only vaguely, and I still didn't believe what I thought I saw.
3: Yeah, oh
2: he. I moved around the fire. And I had to believe it because I heard it. Well, um, no. This is not the killer of the chief. Gallagher. Not impaled on stakes, but seated on a chair of sorts, this bright red beard glowing in the firelight and a shelter of palm leaves protecting him from the rain the rest of us stood in. He looked at me coolly, then gestured idly with two fingers on his right hand. Have the white man sent to me. Tell them I speak to the white man. Then we find the killer of that chief. Hey, oh, oh, no, It was me. Don't let I you know me. I'm a big gun around here. And if I like you, I might save your life. I was stumbling around here figuring maybe I'd save right. yours. What the devil's going on? My beard and my is right. Yeah. They saw me come ashore. And then they dragged me out of that cottage and made a big shot out of me before I could congratulate myself. <laughs> they got a legend that a guy with a beard and hair like i Borton floated into Beirut Island in the Gilberts three or four hundred years ago. And he turned into quite a leading light. They think I'm him. Come back to save their pearls. Think you'll make it? I hope so. Because if I don't... That's why I had them out there waiting for you. I knew you'd get on this trail sometime. Ren. Yeah. Labrador and his hands were on their way to take over the Queen when I left. The Queen? What's the matter with you, Skipper? How'd you let him get away with that? I had all the artillery. I didn't even have you. Oh, yeah. I don't think they'll risk the reef with this rain-cutting visibility. But we better take a stab at it quick. Catch them while they're at anchor. Yeah. Can you get some helpers? <laughs> Can I? All I gotta do is wag this beard. How many you want? 50, 100, or the whole blasted pack. 20 of the best swimmers. <laughs> That's great, but being what I am, I'll have to outswim them or admit that I'm human. <laughs> Watch my beard, skipper. I'll show you how it's done. Stand-, Stand by! Tell them this. I demand 20 swimmers. They must be strong and silent and filled with fire. When they are ready, we will go and get the pearls, the one who took them from the burial bed, and the two killers. Of their chief, Hey, you're all right, Red. You got that immortal attack. This is the life for you. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But that other Joe, he married eight wives. You, you, you should see what I've been through dodging that, that honor. Well, you tell him you got a scarlet queen that just sets off your beard. That's woman enough for you. Believe me, Skipper, I'll be glad to get her back. <laughs> later, Gallagher and I had led our 20 natives to the edge of the lagoon a safe distance away from the pier and stripped down the dungarees. We slipped into the water. I stroked silently with our arms submerged, with only our heads breaking the surface. We reached the Queen, rested on the port side. We found both Thorpe and Burrell standing watch on deck. According to plan, I submerged, swam under the keel. Came up on the starboard side, Waited there for the disturbance that was to take them to port so I could board. I didn't hear the sound, but I saw Thorpe's head lift and swing toward it. I was halfway over the rail by the time they started to move. And I was behind them as they reached the rail. I dropped to the deck and lifted their feet first, Thorpe.
3: Then
2: They were fished out by waiting brown arms that quieted their struggling and started towing them to shore. Gallagher came aboard. We didn't wait for LeBron. Come We went after him. He was sitting on the edge of my bunk, idly picking an untrimmed thumbnail... When he saw his, his mouth dropped open, he lunged to his feet and his hands squeaked toward the automatic at his waist. Hey, what the devil? Without the gun this time, LeBron go. All right, take his gun, Red. I'll take him. Hey, what do you think you're doing, Colby? I don't know what to do without that automatic in your fist, do you, LeBron? <clears throat> you don't like it when you're unarmed like that native chief. Ernie. I don't think you know what else to do with a guy who had enough guts to walk up to you and your two. <clears throat> you don't understand guts, do you? <clears throat> It gives you the death when you see them in somebody else. you oh, not so you know. I'm quite a. All right, now get up. All right, I got him. Uh, hey. What's this? Uh, it's fell out of his shirt. The pearls are ready. Yeah. You bring them. Okay. We'll give both the pearls and Labrador to our friend. Don't let those baby boots get up. Shut up, Labrador. No,
3: no, please, please, Donnie.
2: Don't let them get me. All right, Gallagher. Be the big chief. Hand the pearls over to your loyal subjects. <laughs> right, Hey, you! Here! Cut! Connie! Ah! What are you going to do? Hey, down there! No, Connie! Your
3: mighty red god has another gift for you! Ah!
2: The rain let up. And through a rift in the clouds, the moon shot a spotlight that shone on a triangle of palms ashore. They gleamed wetly in the silver light, and they reminded me of the triangle of glistening, stiletto-sharp stakes that were now waiting for Labrado. I went in to clean myself up before I hit the sack. 10.30 10.30 the next day, we discharged Benrick's cargo and left Hull Island basking in the sun peacefully once more, richer for the unkempt schooner Ransom from Honolulu. With the white curl of surf on coral dropping astern, I cut the motor, and Red roared the crew into action. Stand by to make sail! It was a meek equatorial breeze that flowed in on our starboard quarter. But the crewmen jumped to their stations as though it was the wind they'd waited for all their lives. It was a holiday wind that we'd ride to Christmas. No snow or holly reeds, no sleigh bells or shopping lists. But we'd be one up on the world. We'd celebrate the holiday on Christmas Island. Let's <clears> port <throat> The mainsail blossomed into the air, the jib. Then the mizzen swung across my head, and its expanse went to work. The scarlet queen, unimpressed by the meager wind she was getting, settled lazily on her cord and nestled into the long, blue-green swells that stretched endlessly ahead. Hey, Skipper, I got something to show you. How are you, mighty bearded one pride of the Gilbert Islands? <laughs> yeah, you, you think it's a gag, huh? Yeah, yeah, look at here, look. The Pacific Island Handbook. Page one, two, go ahead, go ahead, read, read. Look, right. at, look at that. The Spanish explorer Mendana was in these waters in 1567. Yes. Yeah. And it's believed that he may have sighted the Gilbert group. <laughs> That's my outfit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, strong native tradition has it that between 1550 and 1600, a man with white skin, red hair, and red beard came ashore at the island of Beirut, Gilbert, in a boat like a box in a famished condition. Yes. Yeah. He recovered, took as wives the eight sisters of a local chief, okay. and had 23 children whose descendants are now scattered throughout 14 of the 16 Gilbert Islands. He may have come from Mendonia's ship. (laughs) How do you like that? It's right there for anybody to read. Oh, Red, it's a great beard, but with the name Gallagher, it somehow doesn't point back to a Spanish explorer. Yeah, Yeah, well, Well, funnier things have happened. And besides, it worked, didn't it? We got out of there. With your loyal subject pushing eight wives at you, you had to get out. (laughs) How'd you defend yourself, Red? Just like you said. I told him I had a Scarlet Queen. Then just set off my beard. (laughs) Here, Skipper. To the Queen? Yeah, after what she got you out of, to the Queen. (laughs) After you, mate. After you. Log entry The Catch Scarlet Queen. 5.30 p.m. Wind light, sky fair with cumulus on eastern horizon. Sea calm with low swell. Ship secure for night. Signed, Philip Carney. Master.
1: Stay tuned for the Red Skelton Show next on Theater of the Mind. How can one man have so many weird and funny characters in the same body? Well, that's the genius of Red Skelton, who tonight portrays Junior, who goes to a department store.
5: Procter & Gamble brings you the Red Skelton Show, starring Red Skelton, Dave Rose, and his orchestra, our singing stars, the Four Knights, Verna Felton, Lorene Tuttle, Pat McGee, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. Yes, it's the Red Skelton Show, brought to you by Tide, Procter & Gamble's amazing new discovery for your whole family watch. Tide,
3: Tide gets close cleaner than any soap. Any soap? Yes, any soap. Tide gets close cleaner than any soap. T-I-D-E-Tide.
5: And now, from Metro Golden Mare, the star of our show, Red
3: Skelton.
6: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you,
5: O'Connor? I'm fine, Red. Uh, How was your trip to Washington, D.C.? Oh, it
6: was really small. And I'd like to say here and now, it's a wonderful feeling to go to Washington from Hollywood without a subpoena in your hand.
5: (laughs) Well, what did you think of Washington,
6: Red? Oh, it's really a great city. White, gleaming buildings in the Treasury Department and broad avenues in the Treasury Department and beautiful memorials and the Treasury Department. Huge...
5: just a minute, you know the Treasury Department seems to have made quite an impression on you.
6: Annually, bub, annually. <laughs> hey, you know, I took my uncle over to the Bureau of Engraving where they make money, and he looked at the machines. He says, "Look at the dirty crooks! They stole my idea." <laughs>
3: well,
5: shall we try some jokes now? Yeah. <laughs> Brad, you went back to the nation's capital to attend the Variety Club's banquet honoring Secretary of State Marshall, didn't you?
6: Yeah, I, I felt that the General Marshall and I have a lot in common. See, we were both in the same outfit together during the yeah. war. <laughs> of course, he was a five star general, and I was just a six button private. <laughs> I could have had a better rating, but they never came around the guardhouse to see the good work I was doing. <laughs> well,
5: the Variety Club gave Secretary Marshall a Humanitarian Award for his services to mankind, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, tell me. What did they give you?
6: Wait till I find my. Here it is. <laughs> uh, what's that? What they give me? Said, yeah. The usual twenty-four hours to get out of town. Probably <laughs> worth
5: finding, was it? <laughs> well, where did you stay when you were back?
6: Then? I stayed at the Stagger, uh, the Statler Hotel. <laughs> From the looks of those halls, boy, I was right the first. <laughs>
5: That's a pretty classy place. Yeah, it's, it's
6: really, a... really high class. Did you have a suite? No, I took my wife with me. <laughs> Boy, the place was really loaded with politicians. You know, everybody talks politics in Washington, but they're only interested in what they've got to sell. I said to one guy, what do you think of the Taff Ta- Hartley bill? He says, I think they should pay it. <laughs> Did the people go for you back there? Yeah, with a club as usual. Mm-hmm. One, one cab driver asked me if I was a congressman. I says, no, a comedian. He says, oh, third party, huh? <laughs>
5: Did you visit
6: any of the famous buildings? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I I visited the White House, but the man of the house wasn't in. He wasn't? No, they said he was out trying to talk the landlords into renewing his lease. (laughs) You know, Dewey and Truman are traveling so close together, Truman got up this morning, had on Dewey's uh, pajamas. (laughs) I had lunch at the White House while I was in Washington Really? Yeah, I had lunch there Of course, I didn't get any butter The chain on my knife was so short I couldn't (laughs) reach (laughs) I saw Dewey at the White House And he was writing a postcard home to his wife And I peeked over his shoulder and says Having a wonderful time, wish I were here (laughs)
3: Tide's in dirt. our Tide gets clothes cleaner than
5: any
3: soap. Any soap? Yes, what?
6: any soap. Now hold on there just a minute. That cake of soap I got for Christmas back in 1906 was still pretty powerful. But I hear that they got some mighty good new soaps and sudsers on the markets now.
5: Did I? You're so right. Yeah. Let me tell you about Tide. <laughs> tide gets clothes cleaner than any of them. So for suds or old or new, Procter & Gamble's Tide gets clothes cleaner than any washing product known. I mean, gets all your clothes cleaner, too. Your whole family wash, top to bottom, from linens and prints to work shirts and overalls. Tide not only leaves them free from dirt, Tide removes dingy soap film, too. Think of it. All this amazing cleaning power, yet Tide is safe. Truly safe for all your washable colors. In fact, Tide spruces up gay checks and prints actually brightens those soap-dulled colors. And in hardest water, Tide gets white things whiter than any other washing product known. Tide keeps them white, too. Week in, week out. Never turns them yellow. No, wash day products are not all alike. Tide and Tide alone gives you all this. The cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. (laughs)
6: Ladies and gentlemen, did you know that over 50% of the doctors that switched to camels are now back to driving cars again? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the four knights are here now to sing uh, Rambling Rose.
7: No, she's a rambling rose, she's a beauty growing wild Birds in their nests seem to whistle their best for Mother Nature's favorite child She's got the kind of affection that just winds around your heart You'd better run for protection or she might upset your flower cart I hate to disclose that the rambling rose is gonna beat her Waterloo I let her play, but she can't get away Because I know just what to do And anyone knows you can train a rose To be a clinging vine So from this day hence, there'll be a picket fence Round that rambling rose of mine Round that rambling rose of mine Oh, how they sigh when she passes by She thrills them with a sweet perfume Nobody's brush has painted her blood That's just a natural bloom Cause everyone knows she's a rambling rose She's a beauty and she's running wild Birds in their nest seem to whistle their breasts Just for Mother Nature's favorite child To disclose that my rambling rose is gonna meet her Waterloo, and from this day hence, there'll be a great big.
4: People you'll meet sooner or later.
6: Have you ever met anyone who mistook you for somebody else? Well, old Clem Cadiddlehopper did once, and so will you sooner or later. Boy, I really sing it. When I get done with it, you can smell it. Well, sir, I just registered for the draft again. They didn't know how to classify me either. Dead or alive. They said they're going to defer me because I'm a farmer. Of course, my corn crop wasn't too good this year. The ears were so bad they were wearing hearing aids. Well, I'll stop in the Daisy June's house and get a bite to eat. I wonder what she's going to have for supper tonight. I hope it ain't hash. She's so impulsive, you know. Oh, here comes that same car again. Now, that guy's been following me for an hour. I hope I ain't in any trouble of any kind. Somebody told me that the dog catcher had a warrant for me.
3: Oh.
6: Well,
4: Hi. if it ain't Lieutenant Muscle, remember mm-hmm. me?
6: I don't even remember me. Uh, Stop playing dumb. I yeah. ain't playing dumb. I'm sincere about it. <laughs> Look, Lieutenant
4: Mussel, you remember the way you pushed us G.I.s around? Oh, look, you... Well, you... ain't got those bars on your shoulders now. Oh, boss. here, let
6: go of my Adam's apple. It ain't ripe enough to pick yet. <laughs> let go of me, will you? I
4: told you overseas that if I ever met you when you got out of the army, I was going to punch you in the nose. I've never
6: seen you going to punch who in the nose. I'm going to
4: punch you. Well,
6: oh, uh, you just try it once. You'll be surprised. <clears throat> mm. You see, it was easier than you thought.
4: Lieutenant, get up, you... Say, just a minute. What? Stand over here in the light.
6: You were doing all right when we were standing in the dark. (laughs)
4: Oh, look, I'm awful sorry, fella, but Uh, from a distance, you look just like Lieutenant Muscle.
6: No kidding. Yeah, did I hurt you? Oh, no, no. I tied this knot in my spine to remember something.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry I punched you without thinking.
6: Well, I'm not. If you'd have thought about it, you'd have done a better job. Well, no,
4: please accept my apologies for mistaking you for Lieutenant Muscle.
6: You I... mean to tell me that there's another guy in the world that looked yet like me? You look enough like to be twins. Ooh, what a gruesome thought.
4: No hard feelings, eh, buddy? I ain't got
6: no feelings at all, Hey, uh, Can
4: I drop you off someplace? No,
6: no, my girl's house is right here. i am better hurry, I'll be late for supper. Of all the experiences I've had, huh?
3: Well, doody to you, too. Holy duty to you, too.
2: Clam, your nose is bleeding. What happened? I
6: ran into an old friend. Of course, he had his fist out at the time.
2: <laughs> Won't you come in?
6: Well, thank you. Don't mind. Me.
2: <laughs> well,
3: wait till I open the screen door.
6: <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't notice the screen. I thought those specks in front of my eyes were turning to squares.
3: <laughs> Clam? Me
6: with the supper dishes. Dishes? You mean you've already eaten? <laughs> well, no. I never expected a, a cat's after me like this, a catastrophe like this. Didn't
3: you eat, Did eat, eat Clam?
6: Are you accusing me of doing something behind your back? Oh, I'm sorry, Clam. Oh, it's all right. Are you hungry? No, I ain't hungry.
3: Your stomach growling?
6: That wasn't thunder you heard. <laughs>
5: the dishes. I'll fix your bike bite to eat.
6: Okay, okay. Throw a little time there. That'll do. <laughs>
5: I'll wash and you dry.
6: Why should I dry? I ain't even wet. <laughs> oh,
3: huh? Why must you act like an imbecile?
6: Because I refuse to put on airs.
3: <laughs>
2: oh. Here, take this towel to dry the dishes with. Yeah,
6: I'm pretty good at drying dishes. Watch me. I'll dry three of them any time. Now, watch this.
2: Stop showing off. You can't dry three dishes at a time.
1: You're liable to break one. Oh, (laughs) poofity-poof.
6: I've been drying dishes all my life. I never broke one. (laughs) Until now.
2: Oh, Clam, I bought those dishes to have when I got married. It was a service for sex.
6: Marrying someone with kids? (laughs)
2: Okay. Don't stand there. Go get the broom from the back porch. Okay, let's
6: see now. Where could the broom be up? Oh, somebody's walking around out there, a prowler. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, who are you? Who are you? You going to tell me who you are or am I going to have to run for my life? Say, would
3: you
4: tell me where 521 Keys Avenue is? It-
6: Lieutenant Muscle,
4: Here I've been looking for you Here,
6: it's me, remember me? How can I ever forget you? Here, you know, let go of my ear,
4: will you? <laughs> uh,
6: ooh, look what you've done to my ear I look like a lopsided bloodhound now
4: This is for being so nasty to the boys in our outfit You...
6: Man, I'm Clem Cadiddlehopper. You just beat up on me a while ago, remember? Oh, of course,
4: yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I never can remember faces.
6: Well, I... No wonder you keep going around changing them.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry,
4: Clem, but you look so much like Lieutenant Muscle. Yeah. Every time I see you, I, I think of how he treated our outfit. Well, I I just got carried
6: away. Well, take it easy, or I'm gonna be the one that's carried away. <laughs>
4: I can't keep beating you up. Uh, no. Here, wear my Dewey button.
6: Oh, I'll pin it on my shirt. Yeah, Ooh, then, then I'll... I ain't wearing one. <laughs> i know
4: the next time I see
6: you. Oh, I'll know bang. you. You said you were looking for 521 Keys Avenue? Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. this is the house right here, right, right where i But you better go around to the front door. Around here, if you come to a back door, they shoot and then ask questions. Of course, they don't get many answers, but that's... <laughs> okay, I'll
3: go around to the front door. Yeah. What's keeping you? I
6: was just talking to a man out here.
3: Well, what was he doing at the back door? Who
6: was he? He's looking for... There he is now. I told him to go around the front and let him in. Howdy doody.
4: Uh, Pardon me. Could you tell me what... Lieutenant Muscle! Here!
6: I told you I'd look you up! (laughs) Ah. Get up, you rat! Get up! Look, you eager, eager beaver, you! (laughs) That's a new kind of a beaver, Eddie. (laughs) I'm Clem Kadiddlehopper. Look, I'm wearing the Dewey button, see?
4: I'm sorry. Politics ain't going to help you. Now take that.
6: Now, oh, look, you're asking for it. For what? A manslaughter charge. <laughs> Good thing I don't lose my temper easily.
3: Here, you big bully. What are you trying to do? Not play him silly? If
6: you are, you're wasting your time.
3: <laughs> Get up on your
4: feet, Lieutenant Muscle. He, he ain't Lieutenant
3: Muscle. Muscle.
6: No,
3: Muscle died over a year ago.
6: Muscle's dead? <laughs>
3: that
6: explains the resemblance.
4: You say, you say Lieutenant Muscle's dead. you yeah. See, I'm, I'm sure sorry to hear that. Yeah. He was the nicest guy I ever knew.
6: <laughs> With him
4: gone, life won't be worth living. It'll
6: help me out a little.
4: <laughs> Gee, poor Lieutenant Muscle. Well, I'll be seeing you around.
6: Never in all my life.
2: Oh, my poor, poor clam. I'll fix you something to eat.
3: Oh, never
6: mind. I couldn't chew it with my teeth scattered all over the rug anyway. I'm going.
2: You're going home?
6: No, I'm going over to the undertaker's and get an appraisal. <laughs> I'll see you later.
2: Aren't you going to chaos me?
6: Look, haven't I taken enough punishment already? <laughs> Rose and his Procter and Gamble Orchestra play Puppet Serenade.
5: Thank you, Dave Rose.
4: A page from the Mean Little Kid's Diary.
6: Have you ever gone shopping at a department store and look around and see somebody else's kid getting into everything? (laughs) The Mean Little Kid's no exception, and the department store is never the same.
2: Mother, here's the big department store. I hope you're holding on to Junior.
6: No, I'm not. I thought you had him. He's gone. Oh, oh, Mother, we'll never find him
3: among all these people.
6: Should we call for help? Yes. These people are going to need it.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, there he is. Junior. Get yes, you know. C- Come here to me now, this instant. Okay,
6: now, don't you hit me. You hit me, boy. I'll tell Pop that I was twins. And you'll never be able to explain what you did with the other ones. <laughs>
3: Bad. I can't even explain you.
6: Well. You shouldn't wander away in this crowd, oh, Junior. Goodness. This you might get lost. Oh. And how would we ever find you? You mean you would try? Certainly. Boy, some people don't know when they wear well off. <laughs> well, Mother, we better get on with our shopping. Hey, will you buy me a cowboy suit? No, I won't buy you a cowboy suit. Well, you don't have to get nasty about it. Come on, Julia. Okay. Come on. Okay. Now be careful going through the revolving doors. Oh. You might get your head caught and jam it Yes
3: Then well, you know, people wouldn't be
6: able to get into the store oh, Set your such a fashion i know never seen... Hey, how'd this door work, huh? Well, <laughs> you just step into one of those little places and push Okay, then Well, that's funny The store looks the same on the inside as it does on the outside
2: Oh, Junior, you're not supposed to go all the way around Oh Come on, I'll show you Okay
6: Boy, this is fun. I like to get that spinning real fast. You mm. trip people up and stuff.
4: Hmm? What's
6: the matter with you? What's the matter? Why are you acting so strangely, Junior? What Look are you staring at? at? Mommy? Look, people standing still, yet they're going upstairs. Maybe I've got Grandpa's sickness. Does <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous have a kindergarten class? No, dear. That's an escalator. A what? Escalator. I don't want to I want to know now. What it is it? <laughs> now be careful
3: getting on.
6: No, no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Oh, well, here, I'll lift you on. Oh, yeah. there. Oh, what? Now stand still. Oh, boy, ain't there something, huh? Stairs that walk. Boy, we ought to have one of these in the house. It would save you and Mummy a lot of trouble carrying Gramps upstairs at three o'clock in the morning. Junior. And... Are you insinuating that your grandfather drinks to excess? Oh, no, no, no. He drinks to get brado. <laughs> boy, look at all the people on this thing. I sure like to nail their, their shoes to the steps, boy. Boy, then when they get up at the end, they couldn't get up, and they would go right through that little quack.
3: Oh, what an imagination. <laughs> well, we're almost at the top. Now, uh, be careful, Junior. Okay. <clears throat> now... Wasn't that fun? Yeah,
6: no, I didn't care much for it. No. You
3: didn't? no. Mother, I'm going over to the shoe department. Will you watch, Junior? Yes,
6: dear. Hey, Nemo, mm. is you going to give me some money to buy Mummy a, a present? Well, what do you want to buy her? Well, I don't know. How about some toy soldiers and a pair of skates and a uh, and feet <laughs> ball? And I stuff? thought it was too good to be true. You're just thinking of yourself. Uh, what did you suggest? I get her. Give her something she can use. Oh. A hairbrush. Oh no! <laughs> I'm not buying my own booby trap, kiddo. I'm stuck. I just don't know what to get her. She has so much, you know. Oh, so much. Junior. A Kooky Lucas. she's got in. Junior, look. They're having a fall dress sale. Fall dresses, huh? That must be those dresses without the shoulder straps on them. You know what holds them up? A city ordinance. Well... Just walked away, left me here all alone with a new world to conquer. Oh, blah, blah, blah. oh, boy, I think I'll just pick up something. Oh, that's a silly thing to say. <laughs> look where I is in the piano department. Oh, the toy department. Look. Oh, where's old Red Whisper face? Where he at? Not here yet, huh? I think I'll just stop for a second. Oh, look at the little rubber balls. Guess what I need, boy? I think I'll take one of them home and try it. And if I decide that I want it, I'll come back and open a charge account. (laughs)
3: Oh, oh, here
6: comes my mummy. Hey, mummy, over here. Yes.
3: where's
2: your grandmother? I thought she was watching you. Well, she's only
6: got two eyes, kiddo. She's only got two eyes. Well, where is she? She's over there. Come on, let's go. Well, now, come on, let's go. Yeah, just hurry.
2: Wait a minute now. What have you got
6: under your coat? Don't ask silly questions. Let's get out of here. Now, let me see
3: that.
6: It's a ball. Junior, where did you get it? Never mind. Let's get going. I'm loaded down with hot goods.
3: Junior, where did you get this ball?
6: Look, stop asking silly questions. The reform school is beckoning me. Come on. Junior, back here. I want to know, where did you get this ball? What's going on Shh, here? not too loud. Junior, you didn't take that rubber ball. Yes, he did, mother. Well, why don't you both yell a little louder? Maybe the store detective ain't hurt you
3: yet. now you march right over and put it back. No,
6: no, don't make me put it back. Don't make me put it back. He's got me fingerprint on it.
3: If they catch me,
6: it's up the river. I don't want to go up there with Pop. Oh, I don't know what to do with you. And you wanted twins. <laughs> I, uh,
3: if he were twins, I'd pick one of them up and knock the other one down with him. Junior, <laughs> you, you put that back. No, no, no. I want it. I
6: want it. I Oh, want
3: wait it. until I get you home. Don't
6: take it away from me, please. Don't take it away from me. <laughs> I want
7: a ball. I want a ball.
3: Well, go ahead and ball. <laughs> but put this one back. No. I'm going to kick my feet on your floor. Get off of that floor. Junior, get off of the floor
6: and stop tearing your clothes off. I'll hold my breath till I die. (laughs) Junior, stop that. Junior! I'm the floor walker. What seems
4: to be the trouble with this little purple-faced boy?
3: Who is my little boy?
5: And uh, He's holding his breath because I won't buy him that ball. Well, for heaven's sake, buy him one. No, I don't want him spoiled. (laughs) If
6: I blow up, I'll be really spoiled.
4: (laughs) I'm sorry, madam. We can't have anything like this in our store. He might die.
3: Oh, no, 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 no. no. Now what's the matter?
6: What he said, he scared me. Oh. He he scared me. Oh, don't cry, That's you, madam. No. I'd kick you in the chin, I would. I didn't have my good shoes on. I'd kick you. (laughs) You, Poor baby. poor yeah, baby. Don't cry now, don't darling. Don't cry. Oh, he's sorry. Yeah, I don't. Here, how much is the ball? I knew I'd get one. <laughs> the price of the ball is
3: 50
6: cents. All wow. right, sir. There you are. Here, Junior. Here's a nice, beautiful red ball. Oh, no, I don't want it. <laughs> You're not going to spoil me, King.
3: Oh, I
5: Thanks for being with us tonight, and we hope you liked our program well enough to be with us next week. So, until next Friday... This is Red Skelton saying goodbye now, and thanks for listening,
6: and thanks for buying more and more of that Washday Day miracle, Tide.
3: Tide's in. Dirt's out. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. T-I-D-E. Tide.
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, we wrap up the week with X-1, followed by Martin and Lewis. Thanks to Joel Seanwell, Paul Stringer, and Justin Eacock for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air